My name is Bobby, and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. Uh, to qualify, because I like to do that, um, and I like to do that because when I first came into the rooms 42 years ago, I went to a meeting, and I looked at this person standing up there talking. It's like, well, who the F are you, and what, what, why do you qualify to stand up there? Because, I mean, I knew nothing. That was the beginner meeting. That was the first meeting I ever went to. So, needless to say, I was a little... Uh, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be there. But my life, till that point, brought me to those rooms, which was in New York, by the way. It was not in California. But I'll backtrack a little bit. I have uh, about 20 minutes. Okay. Um, So I have 41 years of abstaining from compulsive overeating. It took me a year to kind of get it for real, uh, get the program or start not a, I take that back not not get it start to live the program and work the steps because I would be abstinent and I wasn't I would be abstinent and I wasn't but to backtrack just a little bit I grew up in the Midwest on a farm I was the youngest of four I have two older brothers and an older sister and I think coming out of the womb I was uh, <clears throat> I was very self-obsessed. <laughs> I was very self-obsessed with no self-esteem and no self-worth. Uh, I had a big ego and I had, you know, I was a piece of poop. I'll keep it clean. Um, so it was that, that was that, it was the opposite. Oh, I, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I, that's how I think I came out. I was consumed with from, from a little, little girl about, uh, looking good, wanting to, wanting everybody to love me, accept me. Um, I didn't have an opinion because if I had an opinion and it didn't agree with you, you wouldn't like me or you wouldn't love me. So I just went along with whatever you said. Basically, I kind of, I didn't squelch my personality, but I, I didn't have an opinion about anything only because I wanted everybody to love me and I didn't want to take the chance of you not loving me. Um, well, that certainly has changed in 41 years. But, but anyway, so I grew up in a farm. Um, I loved eating from day one. I loved, loved, loved eating. I was the kind of kid that would come home from school, have a snack. Uh, I, had an okay, I had a pretty good childhood. I mean, I, I had a lot of friends. I was very popular. I was in the right clique. I wasn't, I was chunky or as... We say in Hebrew, I was zoftic. Um, but to me, it could have been 5,000 pounds, okay? In my head, I was huge. I was gargantuan. But, and, and the other funny thing is, is I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be a star. I wanted to be a celebrity. And uh, that's a little hard to do when you don't really have true confidence and self-worth but that's further down the line so I grew up uh, there oh so I would come home from school and I would have a little snack perhaps a sandwich and some dessert and milk and whatever but my father was a farmer so we actually really didn't eat till later so that would be like four o'clock and then my mom would make my mom was a pretty good cook anyway then I would eat dinner 
So that went on for, I guess, till I moved to New York when I was 19 because I wanted to pursue my acting. My mother let me go. After one year of college, I went to drama school. I took every class under the bloody sun, and I was I was very good. Oh, I, I, when I went to one year of college, I I was in every single play. If I wasn't the star, I was the co-star, and I I was I was very I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So I said I had to go to New York to pursue acting. Okay, I go to New York. Uh, I'm going to pursue acting. I take the classes, uh, drama school. Um, I got a job as a waitress. The problem was I was eating. I was eating. I was binging. I would do a little performance at the restaurant and say to the manager, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I just, could you close my station? Because I just, I just feel awful. I just feel, I'm really I'm so sorry. And I was very, very good. So the reason I was doing that was so I could get to 2nd Street, 2nd Avenue, so I could get to the right bakery and, and stop some stores on the way because I, I needed my bin. I needed my food. I, I, I. Oh, and it was a restaurant <clears throat> that had the most amazing salad bar. And for the life of me, I cannot... It was like salad and beer. Oh, I wish someone from the East Coast would remember. It was a wonderful one. Big chain. Anyway, so I would like stuff myself with as much as the salad bar. Okay, so I was already had binged at the restaurant. I I was a fabulous waitress. I made a lot. I'm sorry. I really have to say that. I made a lot, a lot of money. I, I really did. But, you know, after a certain point, my threefold spiritual, emotional, and physical addiction kicked in, and I had to act. I had to get to the bakery and so forth. Okay, so that went on for a while. Then I would go to auditions, and uh, I didn't really... The talent part had nothing to do with it for me. It was all about looking good and feeling good uh, about who I was, that I, that I belonged there, I was worth... I. I was worth being there, which I had zero. So I, I, I remember this, and it was so many years ago. I would get to the audition. I would look around at all the people, all the late, the women, because it was a you know female part. And I would run into the bathroom and try to primp and prepare for another, however long I could before I had to go and audition. And then I started to get a little bigger. I, I wasn't, I wasn't huge, but I was bigger than I remotely wanted to be if I wanted to be an actress. So I heard one night as I was binging in my room uh, about this group on the, on the West Coast, Overeaters Anonymous, and there was a panel and it was the David Sutskind show that's way before a lot of you are even born. And uh, I thought, hmm, that's interesting, a threefold disease, eh, whatever. Anyway, I... I don't know, weeks, months went by, whatever it was. It was many years ago. I, I got the phone, phone number of Overeaters Anonymous because I had to call the West Coast to get it. I don't know why I couldn't find it wherever the heck I was in Manhattan. I don't know why Manhattan wouldn't have the number. But I did. I went to a meeting in a beautiful, darling, umpire dress. You know, the, the one here with the little straight so I could have my big, fat stomach sticking out. And I think I binged before I... I binged afterwards. My life was becoming more and more unmanageable. I mean, I, I, the eating, the, the binging was kind of taking over my reason for coming to New York, which was to be an actress. 
The other element that came into the picture was that I fell in love with an alcoholic. Uh, I lived with him. I went to Al-Anon. And in the first year of, of OA, I, I wasn't doing very well because I would have three months and binge. I'd have, well, not three months. That was that's way too long. I would have a couple of weeks and then I'd binge. And then I'd have two months and then I'd binge. So that went on for a while until I got elected to uh, be a secretary of a meeting. I think I'd gotten six months together or something. Somehow I finally got six months together. I think that's all you needed back then. Anyway, and that that began. This was again. It was a year. It took. It was that was the journey that um, I'm still on. I'm, I'm still on. It's it's amazing. It's absolutely. This program is amazing. I don't know why I always get so bloody emotional because it has given me back me and my life. I live the 12 steps because now I have a life. I have a life because of Overeaters Anonymous. I have a life because of my higher power, who I must be in contact with every minute of the day. My life is wonderful simply because one huge element has been removed from my life, which when people have heard me or haven't heard me, I retired Eight months ago, that was a freaking nightmare. The job that I had, well, actually, I loved my job. I could not stand the woman I worked for. I was in constant con- constant contact with my higher power 24-7. I didn't work 24-7, but I might as well have. She belittled me in passive-aggressive ways. She worked on my self-esteem to squash it almost every day and yet I worked for this woman for 12 and a half years so I did the job I don't think she liked me I don't think she liked me but it's okay I didn't like her but I acted every single day and I did a pretty darn good job to be professional to be kind to be courteous none of my co-workers in the end when I it all left me uh, None of my co-workers knew how bad it was between my boss and I, which, thank you, God, is an testament to God doing for me what I could not do for myself, okay? I went into that, that, that uh, job every single day acting, acting, acting as if, acting as if. And because one day at a time, uh, I worked whatever step I needed, whether it be the seventh step, the first step, bottom line, <clears throat> bottom line for me, abstinence, spiritual, <clears throat> excuse me, emotional and physical is the bottom line no matter what. If my butt falls off, I'm abstinence. <clears throat> now, I just want to say I've been able, now that I'm retired, to go to some day meetings and... I'm an old timer, so I'm going to say this. I am a little, I'm a little disappointed sometimes at the meetings that I go to during the day. I can't tell you there is not one person that I know to point out. Sometimes I don't hear for me. I'm a compulsive overeater. I will be a compulsive overeater till the day I die, and I don't hear. I don't hear that enough. I don't hear. Uh, my dog died, my cat died, whatever. But, but through the grace of God, through the 12 steps, 
through my conscious contact with my higher power, I didn't eat today. I didn't eat today. I don't hear that that often. And for me, back then, that was the bottom line no matter what. I don't eat. I don't compulsively overeat no matter what. I got issues with my husband now, okay? I've been married. It's going to be 15 years. We're going to Vegas to celebrate. Uh, I'm home more now. And mm, I've started going to Al-Anon again. Okay? <clears throat> my husband is not an addict. But I am. I'm the addict. I'm the recovering addict. I have a threefold disease. I am perfectly, beautifully today, thank you God, abstinent today. And yet my reactions to this man sometimes drive me insane. Okay? And I don't like my behavior. This is, I want to be loving, kind, honor him, honor and, and treat him with courtesy and kindness and decency. <laughs> I'm laughing, it's not funny. And sometimes I don't. Okay, so I started going back to Al-Anon to be reminded to put the focus back on myself. And I'm abstinent. I'm so grateful. It, abstinence gives me freedom. It gives me joy. It gives, it gives me feelings. Feelings. I'm not afraid of my feelings today. I love, 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 love that I, I pray to God to knowledge of his will and the power to carry that out. I don't have that woman in my life anymore, the one that begins with a B and ends with a CH, okay, I'm going to keep it clean. Um, I don't have that because that was my life practically 24-7 when I had that job. Even on the weekends, I was stressed out beyond belief. That's all. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Through the grace of God, I, I, I didn't quit. I didn't quit. I loved the money. I loved where I worked. I loved the people I worked with. I just couldn't stand her. But one day at a time, I chose to, to be there. Nobody, nobody forced me to be there. It was, I have choices now. I have choices now because of this magnificent, beautiful 12-step program. It's not me. I mean, it's me because I pray for the willingness on a daily basis. After 41 years, I'm praying on it because I cannot take it for granted. I cannot take my, my, you know, I don't know. One day, God forbid, God forbid, I will just, you know, oh, I don't want to be, no. Abstinence is the most important thing in my life without exception. Spiritual, emotional, and physical abstinence. When I say abstinence, I mean the three levels of abstinence, not just physical, not just physical. I, I, like I said, I went back to Al-Anon because I wasn't liking my behavior as a decent human being, a kind, loving, okay, it's never going to be kind and loving 24-7 with my husband. Bottom line, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a realist, okay? But, but the point is, I'm, I'm, I knew what I needed to do through the grace of God. It was like, well, I don't really have a addict in my life and then I got to a meeting and, and, and the qualifier said I mean the lady that was speaking that day she goes you know it doesn't matter if you have an, an addict in your life you're the qualifier because I needed to bring myself to that and why why was I able to do that because I have clarity I have sanity so that most of the time uh, I have my wonderful thank you I have the gift of clarity and sanity, and I'm not in my disease. I am not in my disease. I don't ever want to be in my disease ever again today. 
And I do know it's a 24-hour program. I, can't, I, I, I don't want to take it for granted. I do not want to take it. For, and I don't. I don't. If I, so the program has given me me. It has given me, um, I'm grown up now. I'm not a baby. I can take care of myself. I used to come in when I, I mentioned I was the youngest of four. Everybody took care of me. My brothers, my older sister, uh, uh, my mother with, with homework. I was like, oh, I can't do it. So she helped me. She did it, basically. She did my I still get a little whiny, but my, my, my outlook on life today is, yes, I can. Because the fear, false evidence appearing real, learned that here, love that, love that one, false evidence appearing real, that was what I, that's how I lived my life. That's how I lived my life before I got to this program. With fear, every step, I don't, I don't care what it was, I don't care what it was. Fear, 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 that, that was right in front of me all the time. If I have fear now, because I'm human and I'm not, I'm not perfect in this program, I pray to God and I say, help me, God, get through this. Please, please help me see this through with you, thy will, thy will, not mine, be done. And I go forward. I go forward. I started volunteering. Um, I want to take classes. Uh, I want to live my life and be able to love it and experience it, not run away from my life, which is what I used to do with my binging all the time and for 41 years one day at a time I'm not doing that today and I am I am beyond blessed I, I, I really say that through the grace of God um, I got issues with my sister whatever I and and I'm, I'm trying to work through that too I can only change myself I cannot change anybody you, you think I'd really have that down by now but uh, I am working on it I am better than I ever have been before because now I get to as, as a darling girl said when I was leaving my job she says Bobby I'm going to miss you but now you get to enjoy all caps enjoy your life and in my mind I always think well and live my life with with joy, with sorrow, with whatever it is. I am not running away from my life today, and it is it's really great. I I feel five thousand billion times lighter. Okay, um, and again, that's because I'm retired now, so I don't have stress of the job. But you know, life has its own ups and downs and positives and negatives and good and bad and family issues and so forth and so on as everybody knows I'm, I just feel very 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 blessed because of the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous sometimes I wish my husband had a 12 step program <laughs> I truly do but he doesn't I don't even know if my husband even believes in God. He, he is a very good, good, good human being, which is why I married him in the first place, <coughs> because I couldn't have, uh, I need a good person. Um, but I also, <laughs> I also feel that I'm worth having a good person in my life. But this program 
More importantly, I learned to love myself. I learned to love myself with the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm going to say, okay, I pray for the willingness every single day, every single morning. My eyes aren't open yet, and that's what I pray to God for a spiritual, emotional, and physical abstinence. So I have to do the work. I have to do my part. But it is so, so, so worth it. And I will be an Overeaters Anonymous, hopefully one day at a time, for the rest of my life. Please keep coming back. It works. Thank you. This is the time for questions uh, only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us. Thank you. Any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember, if you have a question, your voice may be audible. Oh, because we're being recorded. Uh, Please remember, if you have a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Okay, yeah, being recorded. Please, oh, I have to restate the question. Okay, we will stop at 9.35. Yes. Thank you for your share. You mentioned that you reach out to your higher power many times, especially in those 12 years that you work. How does, it, how does it look like when you reach out to your higher power, when you're in a moment of struggle at work or at home? Well, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, in the 12 and a half years that I worked for the woman that I couldn't stand, uh, and, I, and I was in conscious contact with my higher power every second of the day, how, what did it look like? Okay. If she was talking down to me or criticizing or uh, making me feel like crap because I made a simple decision to set a meeting or not. She micromanaged a lot. Um, For example, I, I really wanted to go, I really, you know, the brain has their own words, what you really, really, really want to say. And I would take a pause, I would be staring at her, and my little voice inside would go, please God, help me, help me answer this appropriately. And all I would say, and if she was doing a put-down thing, all I would do is I would very nicely look at her and either apologize, oh, I'm so sorry, I... You're right, I should have asked you. Now, who the hell was talking when that was coming out of my mouth was not me. It was through my higher power. That's why I said before, God was doing for me what I could not do for myself. Because I'm talking years of this. And after, towards the end, towards the end, uh, I was pretty... pretty, uh, destroyed emotionally by her and to this day I still am something will happen and I'll get emotional because I I went to volunteer last week they were so appreciative Uh, I almost started crying at the end I felt so appreciated (laughs) I don't know how else to say it and yet I was so not used to that and I'm thinking to myself I'm driving home I'm going oh my god she really battered the hell out of you and again I mean I go about my life and I think I'm fine the week she she fired me basically she fired me 
something happened and she stormed out of her her conference call with New York, the big mucky mucks, and she said, I don't appreciate you slamming the door. I have so much stress in my life, Bobby. What are you doing? Okay, this is what came out of my mouth. Oh my God, I am so, and I meant it, I am so sorry. It was an accident. I, I, I slammed the door too hard and it sounded like I slammed the door. Now, after every single time of me acting professionally, politely, with courtesy, okay, it was acting, but I did it, all I said was, thank you, God. Thank you, God. I did contrary action with the grace of God because on my own, because I can get a little flurry with my temper, which I really, I didn't want to be let go, but that was the incident that she fired me. Basically, she fired me. Then, then it was worked out that I, would, I was retiring with the rest of the company. So God helped me act with grace and dignity and professionalism and courtesy. And the, but that's about all I could do because I really wanted to yeah, tell her what I really thought. Roberta. Thank you so much for your share. You talked about perhaps physically and spiritually. I would be interested to hear you describe what that means to you. Okay. I don't really like to, I don't really want to say this, but I'm going to say this. I eat anything. I have sugar, I have carbs, in moderation. I mean, I'm, I'm not overweight, thank you, God. Because my, and spiritually, so physically, I eat anything. In, in moderation, if I go out and celebrate or have a dessert or whatever. Um, uh, emotionally, I act appropriately to people with kindness and courtesy. I'm not screaming, and I'm usually, I'm right now talking specifically about my, with my husband, because I see him more now. <laughs> Uh, spiritually, I feel, I feel a surrender. I feel a peace when I have a strong... I mean, it, it's every day, but sometimes I just feel sometimes very, very serene when I have a strong or a beautiful spiritual connection with my higher power. Nothing, whatever happens, there's so much traffic in this town, I just want to just scream, whether it's 11 o'clock or 3 o'clock, and Wait, what, aren't you people working? Why? Why? It's bumper to bumper wherever I go. <sighs> Take a breath. Thank you, God. I don't have to be. I'm not rushing. You're not catching a plane. There's just a peace and a calm and a freedom that I have when I when I have a, a good, a loving, conscious contact with my higher power. Not always, but but that's that's what I try. And of course, physically. Abstain from compulsive overeating, binging. Does that help? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, during all your years of being demeaned professionally, um, did you decide not to look for other work? And if so, how did that fit into your 12-step life? Well, the 12-step life was going on, you know, 20, you know, the, the 10 hours a day that I worked or 9 hours a day or whatever it was. Uh, I chose not to look. I did try. I very, I was close to retirement anyway, okay? And over the years, it didn't start out 
that horrifically with her. It, it started to after, you know, year, like say year six, okay, so, and then it got worse over the years. It never got better, okay? It never got better after all those years. Um, I did look for work, I mean, you know, on the websites kind of thing. Uh, I was making a, a decent salary. I, I really didn't want to leave the company. I loved the company, okay? Uh, how else I got through was I sought outside help, also known as a therapist. And I spent money, uh, good money actually, uh, several, several sessions over those years to specifically deal with my relationship with her and he knew my, my therapist knew I was in a program and I'm, I'm laughing now it wasn't funny he would he would always make it a beautiful program spin he'd say Bobby this is your opportunity to change and grow and get stronger within your Okay, I took my notes, I took my notes because I don't have a good memory anymore. I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm carrying around with me. I read them many times in the week and I'm thinking, oh my God, oh my God. That's where prayer came in and my conscious contact as I'm reading what the therapist said to me. I, I, needed, I needed outside guidance to help and he, he was wonderful. He was, and I, and I, got, I got through, okay, I got through one day at a time. Perfectly, no. And when I did snap at her... <laughs> Two or three times in those 12 and a half years, she told me. She didn't fire me, but back then, she was going to fire me. You know why she didn't? I'll tell you why. Because I was doing a damn good job for her. That's why. And people really liked me. And, and I got along. You know, your co-workers, it's very important to have a nice, flowing relationship with the people you... That's my feeling, anyway. That's my feeling. So, that's how I... That's how I got through those 12 and a half years with higher power and what else I did. Yes? Hi, good morning. Thank you for your wonderful share. Uh, I was wondering, since you have said that you're, you can pretty much eat anything, um, and that when you started the program, you were bigger than you wanted to be, um, and eventually met the size that, you know, you and Kai have decided to get bigger. So I was wondering, um, did you actually ever have an accident of particular food, or was it like, just like, just magical, and yeah, it's just kind mm -hmm. of what that relationship how and how that, how the food made the Okay. Very easy, very easy. Uh, she uh, she asked me how um, the fact that I can eat anything to now today, I in moderation, if it's sugar or flour or carbs, whatever. Um, today, after 41 years, okay, after 41 years, okay, the first seven years of being in Overeaters Anonymous, they offered back then different food plans you could be on. <clears throat> maybe people that have been around as long as I have or close to uh, it was called gray sheet or orange sheet gray sheet was very simple it's really easy to remember it was protein vegetable and fruit okay that's it no carbs I was on, I'm laughing now but 
I was on that for seven years, gray sheet for seven years, because I wanted to be. I was very disciplined after I started actually working and living the steps. Um, and then I had a fabulous sponsor who one day said to me, you know, Bobby, you're, you're, you're really at your goal now. Perhaps you could add a piece of toast, you know, a slice of whole wheat bread for a sandwich. What do you think? And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. I don't have to. She goes, I think you should try. Because I was petrified to add one carb or a small baked potato. And I did. And it was fine. It was fine. I didn't, I didn't go back out on a binge. I, because for me, for me, my spiritual, emotional, and physical belief is I don't want to binge on anything. I don't want to binge, period. Exclamation. I used to binge on cottage cheese and, not always, cottage cheese, lettuce. In other words, it wasn't just sugar or carbs that I binged on. I was trying to run away from my life. I was afraid. I, I, I didn't feel I could face the world to do anything without stuffing my face. So it's a whole, it's a disease, spiritual, emotional, and physical. So it took many years to get to this point. I mean, I didn't say that for another, I don't know, 15 years. I could have a sandwich with two pieces. Of, I mean, it was all in increments, baby, 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 baby steps to get to this point, to add back, to add back things. That's what I mean. Does that? Yes. Thank you so much. She said I was afraid. Everything, everything. That's why I mean, I was. I mean, I wasn't good enough. Uh, I had no self-worth. I had no self-esteem. I didn't like who I was when I looked in the mirror. I mean, I had boyfriends. I had a life, and and I was just afraid. Period. That's why I said when I when I was born. I, I think I was born with the word fear uh, across my chest. Okay, I. I <clears throat> I have not really ever, if I have, I don't remember, and I didn't say it in the beginning, but I'm going to say it now, because it's really a, quite a very powerful question. Thank you. She, uh, she said, uh, you know, what, what were you afraid of, you know, when you would want to binge? I said I grew up on a farm, which is true, but what I didn't say was, and now I just feel it's the time to say it, um, I, I was adopted. I was adopted, as was my brother and my two brothers and my sister. So for the first, I want to say, uh, four years of my life after my mom passed away, my real mother passed away, we were in a children's home. And that, you know, when you're three or four, it doesn't seem to, you know, what do you know? You're a baby, you're a child, you're a little kid. But I think somehow... Psychologically, that really got me going on the whole fear thing. Where are we going to go? Where are we going to end up? Are we going to be in this frickin' home? Well, I didn't say it like that at four. Where are we going to be? Who's going <clears> to <throat> take care of us? That's a very powerful thought for a little kid. I mean, I do remember thinking those things in this crappy kind of a children's home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, 
it was pretty it was pretty frightening it was pretty frightening so I'm thinking that was the core of why for the rest of my life until I got to Overeaters Anonymous and no learn the 12 steps or now live the 12 steps that I think was the be the initial being the start of all the fear that I had living growing up going to New York all of it no self-esteem no self-worth zero tell how do I uh, give back and how do I give service basically I I speak at meetings I go to meetings I share as often as I can um, you know when they call on me um, and what what do I get back I get I I believe that I I, I want I want to speak I want to share all of the positives and all of the magnificent gifts I have gotten from this program. It does work. Uh, I, I want to let as many people share it with as many people as I possibly can. Because as I said in the beginning, um, I don't hear a lot of recovery in the, in the meetings I've gone to. I hear, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I binged, I binged. But, I'll, you know, tomorrow's a new day. To me, that's not recovery. To me, it's your ass is going to fall off, but you don't eat. That's the way I was taught 42 years ago. And that's how I base my life today, no matter what. No matter what. If my husband leaves me, if my husband has... I mean, the witch that I worked for. Okay, deal with it, Bobby. You have 12 steps. Deal with it. Walk the walk and talk the talk. And that starts with abstaining from compulsive overeating today. Just today. Just this morning. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Abstain from compulsive overeating. Because I'm a compulsive overeater. And I'm not ever, for today, going to, and it's a 24-hour program too. I, 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 I want I to, just, I just need to emphasize that a lot for me. It's time to... Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay.